0: Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on Core Temp Arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute, are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to another episode of Paul Nostalgic. This is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies, new and old. But for this episode, I'm actually uh, bringing to you guys an interview. Uh, recently, I stumbled upon a uh, fan made teaser of um, a Nightmare on Elm Street. It's titled Nightmare. Uh, Return to Elm Street, and watching it, I thought it was a uh, real feature film that was coming uh, and found out that it was a a fan-made project uh, directed by one Dominic Smith, uh, who I got to interview today. Uh, You guys really got to check out these trailers. Uh, There's three of them uh they are cut so well you know a lot of love went into it you can really tell that Dominic is a fan of the franchise but this is definitely uh the work of a true fan uh he talks about uh, a lot of different things uh Dominic himself he is uh, a poet a writer director editor uh, an artist so he's done quite a bit and um you know this is his story um. Okay. So we uh, we'll just go ahead and and get started. Uh, Dominic. Again, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to uh, to speak to you about uh, your your latest work here, Nightmare, uh, Return to Elm Street. I see that you're uh, born and raised in Kalamazoo. Can you? Uh, and and also in one of your interviews that I watched, actually I watched and listened to, but uh, you mentioned both times that you saw Nightmare on Elm Street when you were six years old.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) uh, when I was, when I was younger, my mom, like I I was always more like a more mature kid. I'm the oldest of seven. Um, and when I was, yeah, yeah. So when I was a kid, um, my mom used to, we'd always have, um, like every Tuesday we'd go to the local movie rental store and she'd always let me just basically pick out whatever I wanted to pick out. Um, she would probably like deny it today, but like she, <laughs> uh, she would always let me do that. And the thing is, like, horror movies always have the best covers.
0: kind <laughs> do. So I or would unique. always go.
1: To, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would always go to the horror section, and one day, like, I picked Nightmare on Elm Street because I just, I, it, it, it just sucked me in. Um. And it it ruined me, it like wrecked me for <laughs> like a year, <laughs> oh man, like yeah, it absolutely destroyed me. um, I didn't tell my mom much about it just because I was afraid if I did, she wouldn't let me pick my own movies anymore, so I kind of just like dealt with it in silence for a really, really long time, um until I slowly like kind of got over it, uh, but yeah, just remembering back man that like that was. That was one of the first horror movies that just like really stuck with me. Um like just as as I grew up and you know, uh started watching the series a lot more often.
0: And w- what was it that actually got you into filmmaking cuz um I think in in your interview you also mentioned that uh, you were you were editing uh, a project?
1: Yeah, um so it it's funny there's like multiple things that kind of like sucked me in. Um, I had always been a storyteller, like growing up. Um, I was like heavily into poetry, like when I was younger, um, and then I got into like creative writing, um, and then I got into music. And um, but even when I was in music, it was always like like story based stuff. Like it was always a, a, a storytelling level. Um, I had gotten a project, and we needed to we needed to like edit like a commercial or something like that. Um, and I just remember cutting it. Oh, no, 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 no. Actually, that wasn't it. Uh, so what had happened was I was going to college. It was like my first year in like community college and my mom had bought me this camera. Um, and I didn't know that the camera took video. So like one day I was just like playing around with the video and, um, I had plugged it up to the computer and like all this stuff popped up and it was like iMovie and I was like, Oh, like what is this? And I played with it. Um, And I was like, ooh, it'd be cool if I like cut this trailer together. And it's like the wackest trailer, like, (laughs) just ever created. It was so terrible. I like, once I realized what it did, I like rushed home and I like recorded like footage of like catch up on like the night because I wanted to do like this whole like horror trailer. Um, Again, it's so trash. I actually still have it. Yeah, so like I'd cut some stuff together and I was super impressed and I remember like showing my mom and like my girlfriend at the time and they were just like, oh, cool, I think. And and I mean, it was kind of a wrap after that. Like I just I I, I absolutely like fell in love with it and I was kind of obsessed with just making movies. And.
0: Watching horror at, a, at such a young age, as you grew up, like what were some celebrities, whether it be actor, actresses, director, what have you, uh, what kind of influences uh, did you have?
1: Um, well, so Wes Craven was the hugest like, inspiration for me as a kid. Um, and then for me, next to him was Stephen King, but obviously like, not as a director, but just a storyteller in general. Everything that I would watch of Stephen King I was just absolutely obsessed with. Um just like the simple fact that I was obsessed with like misery. Like as a child, like wow. I loved this movie. Um and then there was uh I think my favorite one of my favorite films uh like of my childhood coming up was actually People Under the Stairs, if you remember that at all. I remember um, the title. Yeah, it was it was the big Wes Craven movie. It was basically about uh this this family who they're very like strict like bible something marriage like married couple but they're like it turns out that they're also brother and sister and they're big on like hear no evil see no evil all of that um and they were basically kidnapped kids uh to kind of like have the perfect child they have a little girl but all the boys would always like you know like speak evil see evil um or here evil, and they would st- keep them like in their basement under the stairs, but they would like feed them people, so they became like feral and like all of that stuff uh and there's like uh zne rains is in it it's like one of his like earliest roles like this is like movie way back when like early in uh west crazy Korea
2: mm-hmm. um
1: but it was like uh it was it was a lead by cast um as far as like the heroes, like the, the, the uh, protagonist. Um, and there's a young boy in Ving Rhames who basically decided that they're going to break into this house and rob them because they've been, these people like own the, like the neighborhood and they're just like destroying the neighborhood. So it's, it's kind of a Robin Hood type of story. Um, but that was one that was like, ah, like it stuck with me so much, just because I didn't see a lot of horror movies as a kid that, Just, you know, like, not to make it a skin color thing, but just, like, that I could relate to. Like, characters that I knew who had, like, a similar upbringing as me. Um, Like, I didn't grow up on, uh, like, a street like Elm Street or anything like that. So, to be able to finally pick a movie off the shelf and watch it and be able to relate to that character, not only because he was a black character, but he was a kid, too. Mm -hmm. And he was a kid who was my age. Um, So, people understand it was definitely, like one of the biggest movies for me like growing up where like that one really like stuck with me like for years like up until now where I watch it at least three times a year
0: yeah there's always uh, something to be said when um, you know I-, I think people they like seeing other people like themselves on screen you know like I, I gave the example mm-hmm. Hook for example you know I-, I grew up watching Hook and I always liked Rufio because he looked like me on screen you know another another Asian kid so um, I could definitely relate. Mm-hmm. Um, did you do any kind of like school projects, like in high school or anything like that? Um, like film any kind of shorts or uh, like did, were you into theatrics or anything like that?
1: Funny enough, um, I actually did Um I, when I was in school, like I was a kind of a cartoonist, I guess. Um, I did a lot of sketching. I used to like do airbrushing. And I was convinced that, like, once I got out of school, I was going to be a comic book artist or something along those lines. Um And I just didn't know the route that I wanted to go, uh again, until, like, I graduated and, like, I was, like, at college one day and I discovered all of that stuff. And that's how I actually got sucked into film. Um, But before that, like, it was just, it was always just storytelling that like it was, it was always as simple as breaking it down. to Storytelling. I, I was always writing stories and short stories. And it's just weird because in high school, there's like not in a million years what I've thought that I would be where I am today. And a lot of it is just because to, as for a high schooler back then, to me, that was unrealistic. Like, like I'm going to make movies like, yeah, right. Like, no, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, so yeah, it was just it was never even a thought. Like it never had crossed my mind in high school. Yeah. You
0: mentioned uh you know, you did some airbrushing and some artwork. Uh who did the poster for Nightmare Return to Elm Street?
1: Um, so it was a buddy who I actually went to high school with. His name was uh his name is Blake Eason. Um and he man, he's a beast. Uh, I was so happy that he was uh he was down to do it and for such a price it uh just because you know he he was really into the project uh and just really wanted to do it so yeah he i sent him a bunch of reference photos of like something like kind of like what i was attempting to emulate but something that you know a little bit more modernized and uh something that definitely like was a mesh between his style and mine uh but overall like i kind of gave him like just creative control um, as in just like, look at these. And he submitted me a few different thumbnails, like three or four thumbnails. Um, and he's just like, you know, which one looks the best. And we just kind of built up from there. Um, yeah. And I was, I was really happy with how it ended out.
0: Yeah. I think it looks awesome. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. It, you know, you get, uh, there, there's a bit of like a throwback feel to it too. Just having like, you know, the faces on the poster, so I do want to go ahead and uh, get into uh, Nightmare here, your your uh, film. What gave you the idea to even get this thing started?
1: Um, so I had actually, it was around two years ago. Um, the guy who actually uh, um, DP'd uh, this project, he like he's my best friend. He actually shoots all of my stuff. Um, he had entered a fan film competition and his thing is Star Wars like super into Star Wars. So um I was the editor on that and we had a uh, filmed on a uh, an old World War 2 warship um and it just like it looked absolutely dope. And we filmed on it for like 3 days and it kind of like started like setting on me where I, like I was just kind of like looking at everybody who was helping out with this project and everybody was like super into Star Wars and like ah like I'm lukewarm with star Wars. Like, you know, I like it, but it's just, you know, a, it, it wasn't something that I related to as a kid. I was Barry needs into horror. Horror. And so I like had that question to myself of like, what is my star Wars? And then I was yes to nightmare on Elm street. And I was like, man, like if I, cause I was never really a big, like fan film type of guy. Like it's just not, you know, I would rather make my, you know, my own original stuff. Um, but with it us shooting on this World War II like warship and like it looking like it having a boiler room and us having access to it, I was like, I think I want to do a trailer to Next *Nelson Street*. And like uh, my buddy Scott, that's my DP, and he's like, bro, like let's do it. And at the time, I didn't really have the funds to be able to make it how I wanted to. And it's funny because originally it was going to be such a small thing. It was going to be like four shots. And it was just going to be like a 40 second thing that I was going to slap online and like that was going to be it. And the more I thought about it, the more I wanted to give it a little bit more time. I knew I didn't want to make a short film. But the thing was, I kept telling them I wanted to feel like we already shot the movie. I want people to see this and think that the entire movie exists. So it took time, took about a year and a half and we knocked it out.
0: And you know what? I got to say, I think you achieved that because, uh, you know, I was scrolling through some of those comments on YouTube and I'm with the majority of those people. Like I saw this and I legit thought that it was a real movie coming out. So um, <laughs> so there's three trailers. Um, what is the process like into filming it to cut it up into a trailer? You know, because obviously there's different locations, different settings, different cast members in different shots too. Like how how do you guys go into figuring out what to film, and how to even edit that down into a trailer.
1: So this was this is one of my hugest, like, un- like undertakings, like, ever. Um, I've done probably over 40 different short films. I've directed over, like, 40 short films. Um, I finished my first feature film, like, a year ago. Um, and this is by far, like, the hardest thing I had ever done. I sat down with uh, my buddy Damien, uh, who helped me produce it, And I explained to him the idea and I was like, okay, this is kind of the bones of if I were to make a feature film on this, like on a new nightmare on Elm Street, this is what it would be about. So him and I sat down and we basically wrote out a treatment, just like beat by beat, how the story would go from beginning to end. So after the treatment was done, um, or actually me, him and another buddy, Sean Gloria, uh, we all wrote it together. So after it was done, um, uh, we basically cherry picked scenes. So I just looked like broke it down and I was like, okay, this moment would be a really good scene for a trailer. This moment, this moment, this moment. Until we, um, originally it was like 15 scenes, but by the time production was completely wrapped it was like 28 scenes because i kept adding scenes i'm like oh my god we need this moment for the we need that we need this um yeah like uh my assistant director hated me um but it's (laughs) he and she because i had to they love me now um but yeah uh kept adding stuff and we again we basically cherry picked a bunch of scenes um film those and the thing is i always wanted to keep it short so on top of those scenes i would just i would study different trailers and i'm like okay you know what like for this moment like we just need to turn around or we just need this or we just need that we just need this little moment um and that's kind of like how it was all like slapped together um like i think at most like one day like the prime scene we probably had like 75 people out and then like the funeral scene um close to the same amount it was around like 65 to 70 people um and it was like the the biggest production that i put together especially when you count in the fact that nobody was paid for this like everybody came out just because they wanted to be a part of the project
0: that's amazing yeah for a franchise that you know uh, what was the last movie 2007 or 8 or something like that freddy vs jason
1: 2010 T- 10. oh oh yeah yeah oh okay freddy vs jason yeah yeah that was like yeah 2007 or so
0: yeah then obviously you yeah, had the reboot but that's amazing that all that people were able to kind of show up even so you guys put a call out for like extras as well
1: yeah yeah so we kind of just like blasted everywhere uh the thing is i do a lot of um like i said like i've, I've done a ton of short films here. Um, and a lot of it is, you know, if anybody would check my, my YouTube out, like it's, it's, it's higher quality stuff. Um, just as I'm like building up on my career. Um, so I, I have a decent reputation, like in the Tampa Bay area. So I think that was one of the big things that like, luckily I've been building up such a reputation where it wasn't that hard to get a bunch of people to come out. Um, and then you throw on the fact that like it's going to be a nightmare on Elm Street fan thing that i'm doing and then like now even more people want to be a part of it because you know it's tied to Freddy krueger
0: yeah i definitely encourage listeners to check it out uh i think the production of it on on your interview when you were on the um on the news channel you know they mentioned that it was uh low budget but you know most 80s horror movie were low budget and i don't know how much got put into it but everything looks amazing yeah like i said it looks like a real movie um the, the casting uh I find it that uh, it's interesting that this is uh in your film this is the first uh, male lead since the second movie Freddy's Revenge uh what was the writing process like when deciding who uh what, what character is going to be a lead and things of that nature
1: Um okay so so going into it I knew and this is this was actually an idea that I had outside of Nightmare on Elm Street and it was just uh I always wanted to do a horror film that followed a survivor, but someone who had survived like an ex, like a lot of time, like, you know, not some, you know, cause like Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street did it with Nancy, but it was like, you know, it only been a few years. Like with this one, I was like, no, I want him to like have moved on from this for like decades. And like, finally it's like circling back. Um, so, coming up with that, uh I went with a male because again the the formula is it's always a lead uh, a lead white female um so not because I didn't want to leave white female, but just because I wanted to shake it up and I wanted to do something different. I didn't want to recurgitate what I'm so used to seeing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so I knew I wanted to go with a male, and then the fir- and along with knowing that they would have been a survivor for like a really long time, my other thought was how do you victimize this character? Just because like right off the bat, if you see that in a slasher film the lead is a male, people just just psych <laughs> psychologically assume like strength. And they're like, okay, how is this person going like you know like going to be defeated by whoever? And people tend to like not even connect the fact that like Freddie is this dream demon that can do whatever. They don't connect that. It's just this is a guy how, it is a grown ass man. Like, how is he going to be, you know, like frightened by Freddie? Mm-hmm. So the more I sat down and thought about it and like actually thinking about my own life, um, it immediately went to my kids. And then from there it was just a natural progression of, Oh yeah, that's right. Like Freddie Cooper was a child murderer. Like he was a child murderer and like, that's why he was killed. So it seems like it would only make sense that he would, you know, if he had a guy who survived because Freddie's MO is, has always been about revenge, is he would come after this guy's kid. If for, however he was able to come back, he would come after this guy's kid. Um, and then, I don't know, just like all the puzzle pieces started falling in line after that. And it was just like, how has this not been done before? Like this makes so much sense. Like right. it's, Like it's all right there. <laughs> Well, that's that's because
0: uh, Newline just wanted all that money, right? So they're just pumping out uh, a sequel every year.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Now, um, Um, so uh, I'm just gonna like. So I think it's so funny that you say that because um, reading the comments is so hilarious when people are like, "Oh my god!" Like the 2010 version was like so trash, and it was like it sucks because all they wanted to do was make money and. I'm a guy who's, like, seen every documentary that's been done on Nightmare on Elm Street and, like, every behind the scenes, just everything. I'm like, do you not know that every single Nightmare on Elm Street was purely made to make money after the first one? Like, they were all cash cows, and that's why, you know, like, they kind of, you know, dropped in story year after year after year. The rules and stuff like that. uh,
0: The rules would change and, and... Yep. Yep. Oh yeah, I just, uh, in October, I had a, uh, a friend, Tom, who hosts another podcast and, uh, he came to me and was like, Hey, we should do like the nightmare franchise, you know, for October. I go, sure, I'm down. You know, he's a, he's a fan of the series and, you know, I've seen a couple, at least that's what I thought. And going and watching every single one of them, I remembered like something, you know, from each of those movies. So I guess apparently I've seen all those movies and just kind of kind of forgot about it, you know, because because I'm not yeah. a horror guy. And uh, to go back to what you said that, uh, you know, Nightmare, that's your Star Wars. I, I think that's a great quote, because anyone that listens to my show, my uh, what I often say here is Back to the Future is my Star Wars you know, to uh, yeah. put in perspective. Oh, so, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, Nathan Epperson is the the guy who plays Freddy. Yep. Uh, did you play a part in in casting at all? Did you have um, you know? Oh yeah, you... yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well What what was it uh, that you guys were looking for? Um, you know, in in your version of Freddy.
1: Um. Okay. So funny enough. Again, going back to the the reboot of Nightmare I, everybody was so hard on like Jackie Earle I didn't hate that movie like, I didn't hate it at all I thought you know it had issues but I didn't hate it I didn't hate his performance um, and if anything his performance if anything it took me back to New Nightmare when Wes Craven came back and did one more and for me that was when like Freddy was scary like he wasn't like he wasn't a comedian. Freddie was scary, and that was what Wes Craven wanted, was he wanted a Freddy Krueger that scared people, that didn't make people laugh, that scared people, so going into that, I wanted a perfect mix of Jackie Earl Earl Haley's uh, Freddy Krueger, but also Wes Craven's new nightmare Freddy Krueger, so... That was exactly what I was looking for. I didn't, when we put the cast in, I didn't give people a bunch of notes. I kind of just wanted people to give me like their rendition. Um Unfortunately, like some, some people would just give me like a perfect, uh like emulation of Robert England. And was like, oh man, like, I don't like that's You know, that's not, that's not what I want. That's not what I'm going for. Um And to me, I don't even think like Robert England would, would like respect that. Like. You don't want someone to just emulate what another actor did. It's like, no, bring something new to it. Right. Um, so we had a couple people audition. Um, and we got some really good auditions, but Nathan was the one that absolutely stood out to me. Um, like, I got chills when I watched his audition.
0: Did, uh, did he show up in makeup or did they do this without makeup?
1: No. So it was actually all uh, video auditions. So I had everybody. The audition so there was no makeup or anything like that he did go the extra step and like got into wardrobe but he didn't do makeup
2: okay <laughs>
1: um yeah he he got he got into wardrobe and kind of like you know went the extra mile and like lit it dramatically which was awesome as well um and yeah the second i got it i sent it i sent his and like everybody else's over to my producer and I sent it over to my BP and i was like, "Yo, check these auditions out, and let me know which one stands out the most." And it was it was unanimous, and it was everybody.
0: Now, you guys definitely have you know the Nightmare on Elm Street look. Um, you know, aesthetically, the music is is there too. Like, can you talk about like, uh, um, you know, the the select selecting the the score and and all of that?
1: Yeah, so uh, the composer was uh, my buddy Dylan Mixer, like the perfect name for a composer. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And he, yeah, we, so the process was basically, um, I would cut the trailer together. I would pull a few like reference scores because typically whenever I edit, like it's so much easier for me to edit the music just to kind of build a rhythm and like fill out the flow. Um, so I usually like Frankenstein a few different scores together and, you know, find that pacing. And then from there, I would send it over to Dylan and he would like bring his own, his own feel to it. Um, he'd send it over, I'd give it a listen. And then we just kind of go back and forth with, um, you know, like I want to choir like type of sound here or. You know, I want the story a little bit stronger here, and I think this is where, like, I want the Nightmare on Elm Street thing to kind of just trickle in a little bit and then go back out. Um, so yeah, it was it was an awesome process.
0: I'm speechless, honestly. I'm looking at the thumbnails for the trailers because I, uh, I I watched it earlier today uh, to prepare for you know the interview, and I definitely want to watch it again. It kind of um, you know to put it lightly, it kind of gives me blue balls because I'm I'm like hoping for more. You know, (laughs) and I'd imagine that's, you know, what you guys were kind of going for, right? You guys want to get this stuff out to New Line saying, hey, look, look what we can do with a small budget. I I know that you kind of discussed on a recent interview that you guys were probably thinking crowdfunding like Kickstarter or something.
1: (laughs) My producer was kind of like pushing towards it a little bit. And I was just like, I was super against it. Um, And my like... (laughs) And then in the early stages, for me, I was just kind of like dormant about it. Like it wasn't really a thought. Um, and if like the producer said, like yeah, like we're thinking, I'm just like ah whatever. We're on live TV. I'll just like kind of go with it in the moment. Um, but actually, like I am like I don't I don't want to do a crowdfunding campaign at all. I've done two in the past. that were successful, but it's just it's such a big headache. And then on top of that, I just think. Um, we put ourselves in such a weird space just like just in forms of like legalities and all of that um i just don't even want to touch that and like the biggest goal for me is just to have new lines see it and you know if if if, if they don't want to pick it up like totally fine but like that's the largest goal for me it's like if that doesn't happen and it's like all right fine like i'll I have a few other projects down the pipeline that are actually like original projects. So that's like where my focus would go and this would just kind of die out. And I mean, you know, sadly enough, um, I definitely don't want that to be the case. And I actually, um, I just came off of a film, uh, a children's film actually. And I was able to show one of the producers the trailer, or I actually showed the director the trailer, he was blown away. And he made me show the producer and she had asked me, she's like, so like what are you what are your plans with Do you guys have like a hookup at New Line or something? And I'm like, No, I don't know anybody at New Line <laughs> And she's like, Well actually I have some connections over there. Like I could probably get you guys like in a like a pitch or something. Um and at that point like I I melted like <laughs> Um So I'm you know, I'm not getting my hopes too high just because I've experienced stuff like that, like in this industry, you hear that a lot. But her her name is all like she holds like a lot of clout and, um, I'm not going to drop her name just in case, you know, things fall through, but it was just awesome that, that she would say that and actually, um, you know, acknowledge like how impressed she was with what we were able to do with such a small amount of money. Um, so I'm hoping, really, really hoping something comes from it, but at the least I think I've like, I've built a huge fan base from it. And, uh, you know, it was just a chance for like the world to see a project of mine.
0: It's definitely uh, gotten a lot of eyes on there. Um, I do have one more question uh, before we uh, wrap up here. Taking on a really big franchise, um, you know, casting a male uh, lead and everything. How do you tune out like the negativity and all these uh, internet trolls online?
1: <laughs> um, so it's funny. A friend of mine kind of told me the other day. They were like, because uh, every so often, what I'll do is I like, like screenshot them and like post them on my Facebook just to kind of. Um, let people see like my responses Because like, my big thing is like I'm just like you have to kill people with kindness man um like if if you feed into that negativity, it's just like it's just gonna keep you know just it's just negative just turning around over and over and over um so I think after our first failure dropped and I started getting that negativity, I just kind of like I'd keep it positive no matter what, like no matter how negative they got. And I get, like, a bunch of, like, racist shit, like, a lot of racist shit. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, like, ah, like, it is what it is. And I'll just respond with, um, hey, you know, like, sorry you didn't enjoy the trailer. I'm sorry it wasn't just a cup of tea, but I appreciate you, like, checking in anyways just to, you know, check the trailer out. Um, You know, maybe you'll actually like the movie if we're able to make it happen. And I'll typically just, like, leave it at that. And I started noticing how people would turn or like turn around so quickly. And I think a lot, like I would, anybody listening to this, I would challenge you guys to like go and read some of the comments and actually comment it on and like watch people's responses. Um, and I think a lot of it is just because like trolls are just like people, people are so like, they're so candid when they think there's no way anybody is, nobody's going to respond. Like who, was a part of the film. Like, it's just like, oh, I'll probably get another person commenting who's going to like comment on my comment. Um, but when you have the director, <laughs> like immediately, you know, like commenting and not being negative, it makes them feel like a dick. So then they turn around and they're just like, Oh man, you know, like I'm so sorry. and Like I've had that happen dozens and dozens and dozens of times where people just like kind of turn around. And I think it's just, you kind of got to give people the opportunity, uh, uh, to, to be nice or to be positive. Um, and it's not like I'm trying to like make anybody look like a did, but it's just at the same time, I'm not going to feed into that negativity. Um, and it's either I delete the comment or, you know, I just, I just be me. Um, I had a friend tell me I need to do a, a Ted talk on like. <laughs> troll commenting
0: (laughs) yeah i mean good on you for being like that because i'm petty you know i'd probably reply with those side eyes you know like i see you like i'm not gonna say anything but i see see what you're saying um yeah that's it's terrible you know uh the internet could be a really cruel place and you know people think that nobody's watching and they'll you know they'll kind of just you know shit on what you're trying to do but you know what i mean you're out here, you're doing this, you know, you're trying to do you and they're sitting at home behind a computer doing nothing. You know, they're not producing anything.
1: I will say there is no preparation. Like with, you know, going viral being like such a, such a huge thing these days. Like there's no true like uh preparation for that, especially just because, you know, it's just like lightning in a bottle. Like it just kind of happens out of nowhere and you don't really know what to do with it when it happens. Um, and it's kind of, uh, It's a situation that you just, you don't experience. It's just like, the way I explain it is just like, imagine just walking into a room of 20 people and you have 15 people telling you how amazing you are and like how much of a good person you are and how talented you are. But you have five people in there who are just like, tearing you down and they're yelling so much louder than the other 15 people that's how it is like dealing with the comment section and it's just like as positive as you can see eventually it gets to you and i want to like i'm not gonna lie some days i have like like i'll I have a bad day and it's just like oh man like these these comments are kind of like ten- you know like i'm not really having a good day today um and then i'll you know like i'll, I'll turn around and i'll be totally fine but um, and a lot of it, cause friends are like, well, why did you read the comments? And it's just like, well, if I want to, want to keep traffic coming, like, to the page, I, like, I'm actively, like, hot, like, responding to people because I want that fan base to build and I want traffic to continuously happen. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a sucky situation to be in. I hate dealing with it. Um, but I appreciate the kind words and definitely, like, I, I try to view it that way uh this is just a dude sitting behind the computer yeah. <laughs> who probably works at, you know, insert whatever day at job you want to. Um, and, you know, like I'm doing something. I'm, you know, to me, it's just like a cover song. Like, you know, I just did, did the film version of like doing covers.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I noticed that I have one last question, but I actually do have one more, and it kind of puts you on the spot a little bit. <laughs> now... I feel like you might have said this. Okay, so after I watched all seven, you know, the original Nightmare movies, and I feel like a lot of people often just said, like, oh, they get progressively worse. I didn't feel that way. You know, I actually kind of liked all of them in one way or another. Like, they all had good parts. Do you, do you have your own personal ranking of the movies, the first seven?
1: Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um <laughs> My, my absolute favorite one is New Nightmare. Me too. Um, and then from, yeah. So after, and I think it's just because New Nightmare has, it just has a strong story. And like as a filmmaker and just like a guy who loves like stories, like that's important to me. It's not just about the killings. Like it's about, you know, just something strong. Um, so it would go New Nightmare. And then after that, it would go Dream Warriors. Um, and then after Dream Warriors, it would actually be the very first one. And then probably the second one, even though like people like chew that one out, probably the second one just because they had done something different and like they had gone with an L lead. Um, and I was like super into that. And then for me at that point, they kind of, there's no specific order except for Freddy's Dead is my least favorite one.
0: <laughs> Freddy's Dead. Um, I f- does the sixth one.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they go back, um, like the kids go back to the town and like, there's no kids left and like, right. um, that's the silly,
0: the Rose silly Rodan, Rodan right.
1: is in it. <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah, I, I gotta agree with you. That's also my least favorite. Um, and it was also <laughs> one of those things like, I don't think I've seen this one. And yeah, actually, I guess I did. You know, what? I gotta agree with you. The, the second one I didn't think was as bad as a lot of people say. Uh, I think the only issue I had was that, for the for it being a second movie they're already breaking rules like you know freddie oh out into my the god world. yeah
1: It was <laughs> like killing kids at a party <laughs> yeah that one that that was that was the only like really and that's why like that falls in like in line where it's at like in my list um i absolutely agree with you they kind of like broke this huge rule and like i think that is like that was a really tough decision that they made that kind of really pulled me out of uh Freddie being scary, um, at that point. And it just like it sort of kind of I mean, not really went downhill, but just as far as like fearing Freddie Krueger goes, it kind of went downhill and you know, I started finding him a a bit more comedic. Um it's funny I actually got to talk to the director of that of that one um a few days ago.
0: Oh nice.
1: Yeah yeah i've been uh it's it's been a really hard like just like grind of like i've been trying to reach out to all of the old cast members um obviously i'm not lucky enough to get everybody to respond but i got uh i can't remember the actor's name but he played the wizard master and dream Warriors.
2: oh gosh
0: yeah i don't i don't remember his name either um
1: it's Ira something. I can't remember. Yeah,
0: he's the one with the the bad CGI for his special powers. Like it was kind of like Harry Potter yes, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a meme going around that says like he was the first Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, there you go.
0: <laughs> I might have seen that meme then. Um, so you're currently working on a, a project called Waves. Is that something that you can talk about?
1: Oh man, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Waves is actually is only feature film at this point um i had actually i did waves uh, i co-directed it with a buddy of mine uh somas galang about four years ago now um and it was uh, i just graduated film school and i was just like i think i want to do a feature film um as like a gift to myself like for graduating film school so him and I linked up and we shot this film and we just kind of, we had never worked on a feature film before. Um, so we just kind of, you know, we thought like, ah, oh, we've done tons of short films, like this will be easy. Um, and it was an absolute like huge undertaking, especially from, before just coming out of film school, I've worked on like dozens of feature films now. So like, I know the process and, yeah, it would be, it would be easy, but it would be a lot easier than it was making this movie. Um, but it's a sci fi, uh, it was originally intended to be a sci fi horror, and it slowly, like, progressed into just being a sci fi thriller, I guess. Um, I'm not the most impressed with it, like, <laughs> I, you know, I, but that's, that's any artist, uh, especially just because it took four years to finish. Uh, we actually just had a premiere um like three months ago uh i mean people people liked it it was well received it won a few awards but like i wasn't the happiest with it and at this moment we're trying to uh we're trying to get it sold just trying to get some distribution to at least break even on the money i spent on it um i mean that's that's it about that
0: yeah, nice. You know, once it uh, becomes available somewhere, I definitely want to check it out. You know, I'll uh, put links of your YouTube, you know, on the show notes for the listeners to, uh, you know, definitely again encourage them to go check out the the trailers. They're they're amazing. Um, if you want to uh, welcome any interactions, uh, do you want to throw out some of your social medias where listeners can get a hold of you?
1: Yeah. So. um on Twitter, I am Who's Your Film Dad, and then on Instagram, I'm Who's Your Film Daddy. Uh, and then you can find my Facebook fan page, which is Dom the Director, uh, D-O-M, uh, the Director. Then the the Facebook fan page for Nightmares is just, uh, Nightmare Return to Elm Street. We've been building up a pretty big following on there, and if anybody want want any like nightmare cash keys we actually give away um just like nightmare para- like paraphernalia like every week so you can just kind of come in and we usually do a post and uh, the only requirements is that you'll have like you have to invite like three friends to like the page doesn't matter if they like it or not just <laughs> you have to invite them and just type done and then at the end of every week we usually uh pick a person um messaging them is always interesting because people typically don't really believe that like I'm from the page or that I'm really the director. And I'm like, yeah, give me your info so I can <laughs> ship you. stuff. <laughs> so then I always require them to take a, a, a selfie with whatever I sent them. So people know like, no, nah, man, I'm not like throwing anybody over. This is actually free. I'm just you know, giving it away. Cause I like that interaction. So yeah, those are all my, all my tags. Oh, and If if you are a fan and like, you you know, want to throw the trailer out there, the huge hashtag that I'm trying to push right now is let Dom direct ready.
0: And that concludes my interview with uh, Dominic. Again, I want to thank him for the opportunity, you know, for me to speak to him about Nightmare Return to Elm Street. So, uh, again, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, do yourself a favor. Go on the show notes. The links uh, will be there. And just watch it. You know, they're amazing stuff. Uh, I... It's just mind-boggling, you know, how it looks like a feature film. Kudos to to him and everybody involved to uh, get this thing launched. And hopefully, um, you know, things go well. I definitely want to see a, a feature film of this directed by him for sure. But for me, if you guys want to get a hold of me on Instagram or Twitter, it's at Podstalgic. Um, you can continue the conversation there. If you guys are fans of uh Nightmare in Elm Street and you're listening to my show for the first time or you're newer listeners and are uh, a fan of the franchise I did cover um, all seven movies you know back in October with uh, Tom from Jake and Tom conquered the world uh, so that was a lot of fun and uh, hopefully you guys go check that out but most importantly check out Dominic's um, you know trailers so I uh, will see you guys next time and until then don't fall asleep